Hello everyone, welcome into Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys. On this episode, it's a UK Florida preview this Saturday at Kroger Field, 12 o'clock. UK opened up as a three and a half point favorite. It's been bet down to a one point favorite now. I have my guest on. He's a host of In All Kinds of Weather Forecast podcast, Dustin Smith. Dustin comes on and we preview the game and we talk about Florida's slow start against Utah, their big win against uh, Tennessee, and their game against Charlotte last week, and Ricky Pearsall's amazing catch, and what kind of offense Florida will run, Graham Mertz, Trevor Etienne, and the rumors of him transferring have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, and then we give our predictions on who we think wins this game. Should be a fun matchup. This was a fun podcast. Stick around. And after this, we'll have Dustin Smith. At this time, I'd like to welcome my guest. He hosts the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast podcast, Dustin Smith. Dustin, welcome to the show. Hey, Brent, how's it going? It's going, man. Uh, ready to talk a little UK-Florida football for this weekend. How about you? Let's chop it up. Before I get started, though, uh, I've got the TV on the background here on ESPN2, and it must be a very slow sports night because they're playing tag on ESPN2 right now. It's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so can't wait for, you know, get some actual stuff back on here, uh, you know, a little action in a few weeks or so. But anyways, uh, let's go talk about the UK Florida football game. Big matchup this game on Saturday. Both teams are, you know, kind of evenly matched up on paper. Uh, Florida started the season with a loss to Utah, but have won three straight coming in Saturday with one of those wins coming against the Tennessee Volunteers. How big was that win for, t- for Florida over Tennessee? Man, that win was massive for the Gators. They, I mean, with Billy Napier, the Gators had not won a big-time matchup since, of course, that Utah victory from the previous year. So the fact that Florida was able to of course, it was a big-time home game, big-time environment. Um, some of the the reports coming out of the swamp is that it's the loudest it's been since Urban Meyer was the head coach at Florida. Now, I would say that's debatable, but it was certainly a big victory for Florida, especially to have that that second quarter where Florida had several explosive plays and really put on a show for the Gator faithful. And I know we'll probably be talking a little bit more about explosive plays in a bit. Uh, of course, Kentucky's really good at that. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a big time victory for the Gators, and we'll see how that continues in uh, as the as Florida shows up against Kentucky in SEC play. Last season, Florida finished the season with a six and seven record, uh, making the bowl game. What were the preseason expectations for Florida after the year that they had last year? I mean, for the Gators, it's sort of been all over the place. Uh, The word I like to use is variance. There's been a lot of variance in terms of the expectation for Florida. And I think you can't look any further than 
the ESPN FPI, if you go down game by game and you look at Florida's schedule, there's a lot of 50-50 matchups. And of course, Florida-Kentucky is one of those 50-50 matchups. So naturally, when you have a bunch of 50-50 matchups, the variance of that is going to be big. I know for me, I, w- I had the expectation that Florida would go either 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four, And the difference between a 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four season would be two things. Number one, quarterback play. Graham Mertz is doing a pretty good job, very efficient, around 77% in passing the ball. And then number two, how to look at that Utah game. Florida wins that Utah game, eight and four, nine and three is somewhat reasonable. You lose that Utah game, it's going to be hard to get above eight and four. So that's kind of where it sits. I know some of the prognosticators had Florida having a losing season, and that's very well possible. I mean, you lose to Kentucky, you lose to South Carolina. Missouri looks like a, uh, a formidable opponent. You got Arkansas on the schedule, LSU, Georgia, of course. That's pretty much an auto loss. If Florida does win, it'll be one of the upsets of the season. So that's kind of how you know we've been looking at it since preseason. But we're uh, cautiously optimistic moving forward, at least in some of these uh, 50-50 matchups. Yeah, the schedule towards the back end of the uh, season for Florida is is a little tough there, uh, ending the season with Florida State, uh, you know, in-state rival. But we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you yes. mentioned Graham Mertz. Uh, tell me a little bit about him. He uh, transferred in from Wisconsin. UK was recruiting him to come here, but he ended up in Florida. What kind right. of QB do the Gators have in Mertz? First and foremost, Graham Mertz is a leader. He's a guy that has really – taken upon himself the Billy Napier mentality and uh, you know Billy Napier is an excellent coach excellent guy and when you see Graham Mertz he's uh he's just as great off the field as he is on the field I think that's a requirement if you're going to wear number 15 at the University of Florida you got to have a be a yeah you have to be a person of character so I think he's done an excellent job in, in that regard but he's also done a good job on the field now he's not putting up uh, the big time stats. Um, personally, I, w- I would like to see us throw for more touchdown passes. He only has four in the season, but I thought he's been—I thought he's done what he's been asked to do, and I think that's super important from the quarterback position. You know, not to down Anthony Richardson, but at times he would be flashy running the ball, but at times he wouldn't really do what was required of him. He would—he, Graham Mertz is certainly a more efficient player. Uh, throwing the ball, at least in the college game. Um, and I, I, I've i been very impressed. His ball play, his ball placement has been excellent. And, uh, you know, you and I could, could talk quarterbacks for a while. Um, I know you got a, an excellent quarterback in Leary. Um, so I look forward to, you know, hearing your thoughts on him and, and how he's going to show out in this matchup. But, yeah, Graham Mertz is, is doing excellent. Yeah, uh, speaking of Devin Leary, uh, he's you know he transferred in North Carolina State. The first few games, he has been a little off, a little inconsistent. The numbers are there for him. Like if you look at the stats for Leary, it, it looks pretty good. But w- watching it, I don't know if we're as a Kentucky fan. I'm expecting a little bit more, you know, because of the hype. or whatnot. But the first quarter last week against, against Vanderbilt, the offense was clicking. Look the best that it's looked all season. 
And the rest of the time, it just kind of looks okay. You know, it's not all on him. Some of the receivers have dropped some passes. They've had some tip balls. But for the most part, uh, he's been kind of underwhelming so far uh, as a Kentucky fan watching on. But I think he's starting to get it clicking, so we'll see if he can get it going this Saturday, hopefully, and put a full full quarters together. Well, he certainly got it in him. I mean, he had some big-time games at his previous stop at NC State. I certainly uh, – I'm not expecting him to be subpar in this game. I, I, I think he's going to step it up and and uh, at least try to put on a show against the Gators. Now, I know you probably want to talk about this Gator defense and how uh, how they've been able to turn it around. I mean, last year they're one of the worst defenses in the SEC, and now they're arguably the best defense in the SEC. So – that's going to be the big challenge for Leary and and the uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. But it's so, that's why you play the game, right? So speaking of the defense, uh, what do you think would be a the key matchup for the Florida defense against the Kentucky offense? Would it be trying to slow down that passing game of Leary's? I think it's all going to come down to a guy by the name of Jordan Castile. He's a freshman. He's Certainly, he certainly already already got a spot locked up for being an, an all SEC freshman. He's phenomenal. What he's been able to do at, at safety, both you know coming down into the into the lane and, and and making hits as 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 running backs try to get to the second level. He's he's taken what should have been uh, 15 to 20 or 30 yard gain and made it an eight yard gain on defense, kind of kind of capping that up. But I love what he does in the pass game. He is excellent at knocking down the ball. He has, he has a knack for uh, being in the right spot at the right time, and he made some big plays against Tennessee. I think he's a big reason why Tennessee was unable to make that comeback in the, the second half that they tried to do against the Gators. But he's still a freshman, and the the road environment is a challenging place for for freshmen it's it's a tough environment for anybody whether you're a freshman or senior but i expect it to be tough i mean it's it's one thing to be playing defense in the swamp but it's another thing to play defense in a in a uh in the environment like like you have in lexington yeah the only thing about the start time on saturday they start at noon as a kentucky fan i would hope that would have been later on in the day that way the crowd could get even more rowdy and get behind, you know, the offense and that defense. But it is what it is, uh, you know. But it's still – they're still going to be rowdy. The crowd's still going to be rowdy Saturday and ready to go. Um, so, uh, last week, Florida uh, entered the top 25 at number 25. Their first game as a ranked team was against uh, Charlotte 49ers, a game in which Florida won 22-7. to uh, they scored one touchdown in that game. They moved up to 22. Uh, was last Saturday kind of a hangover after the big win against Tennessee, or what was uh, the deal with that game? I guess you could say that. I mean, certainly you would expect a, a team like Florida to play a team like Charlotte and, and score more points. I thought the defense did about what, what was expected. I mean – Giving up only a touchdown to anybody is a, is a pretty big deal for a defense. 
I know Florida also gave up a touchdown to McNeese. So, you know, I mean, the defense played pretty good. The challenge, of course, and you mentioned it with the scoreboard, is offense. The the expectation uh, pregame, you know, that the, the guys on all kinds of weather, we pretty much picked a score of around 38 to around seven. So we pretty much nailed our expectation for the offense or for the defense, for the offense, we expected about 38 points. And so what is 38 points? That's five touchdowns and a field goal. But instead, Florida scored five field goals and one touchdown. And what does that tell you? That tells you that Florida had trouble in the red zone. And that is the big, big question mark for this game, this game coming up on Saturday. If Florida cannot capitalize on their red zone opportunities, it's going to be a long, I want to say long night. It's not a night game anymore, like you said, but it's certainly going to be a long day for the Florida Gators, especially in offense. If Florida has to settle for field goals consistently, I, I, I think Kentucky has a pretty good shot to win. And certainly if Florida plays like they did against Charlotte, it's not going to be a good outing for the Gators. Now, there's a lot of a lot of bright spots, certainly we uh, we have a couple guys back. We have uh, Kingsley Egwaken. Uh, I'm still working on pronouncing his last name, but he's our center. He's an excellent offensive lineman, and when he's playing, Florida is significantly better. In my in my opinion, he's actually the most important player on the field because of what he does for that offensive line. Billy Napier's offense is predicated on excellent offensive line play he's going to be an, a very important player. So if you see him go out early in the game, I think that's going to be a tall tale sign for what's to come. Another guy that we have coming back is Eugene Wilson. He was a guy that made some big plays in that opening drive against Tennessee, but he got hurt. He, in, he uh, injured his collar bone uh, for the Gator Nation. Thank God it was just a bruise and not a break. Uh, but he's he's back, and we do expect him to be – uh, making plays on Saturday in in, uh, in Lexington. So you mentioned like the Florida offense has kind of gotten off to a slow start uh, this season uh, with beside the McNeese game. It's kind of that's why I think that them and Kentucky are kind of on that same you know trajectory with the way their offenses are. The fans are expecting a little bit more offense. Defense on both sides have both been pretty good for the first four weeks. Now, uh, these two teams have matched, you know, like I said, they match up evenly on paper. Uh, what kind of uh, offense will Florida like to run? Do they they're run first, right? Yeah, so Billy Napier so far has been pretty conservative with his offense. We are run first. The run does certainly open up the play-action pass, and you'll see that a lot. But a lot of the passing concepts are quick and, and, and close to the line of scrimmage. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, against Tennessee, Florida only had about 60 yards through the air. So much of the passing yards came uh, after the ball uh, had already been caught in the in the uh, the receiver or the running back that got the ball would be running with that ball and accruing the, those yards. So Florida's certainly going to want to run. Um, on the other side, from from what I've seen out of out of Kentucky, I expect 
Kentucky to load the box and and try to stop the run. So the the running game is really going to be the big thing that's going to be in question. If Kentucky is loading the box, the question is, can Florida throw the ball down the field and make plays? And that's still a question mark. Now, I know many people saw that catch that Ricky yeah. Pearsall made as a big-time catch. Um, if you haven't already seen it, you want to watch it. Uh, if you're yes. a fan of the game, you'll, you'll love to see that. Um, but that's going to be the kind of thing that, that Florida fans are going to want to see. Uh, you know, more, more balls thrown downfield because thus far – we haven't really seen a lot of that. So you mentioned the Ricky Pearsall catch. Uh, he may have already had the catch of the year in football. Uh, just impressive. <laughs> They're calling it the Florida jump man and got the logo and everything. Unreal catch yeah. right there. Like in traffic too. Like he, he caught that and he took a hit, but he just, I mean, like you said, go check out the video because that was amazing. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I actually happened right in front of me at, in, in, in the game. I was sitting in the stands right in front of me. That, that catch happened. And the first thing I thought was, like, man, Ricky, are you stupid? Are you, are, you're not going to catch that. And then a second later, I just see the ball look like it was super glued to his fingers. And then he takes a hit. I'm like, oh, man, he dropped it. He dropped it. And then I see him get up with the ball still in his hands. I'm like, what? And the entire crowd goes wild. So. That was special. <laughs> That's pretty much the only big play of the game. So it's definitely one to take in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, getting back to the Florida defense, they must be, you know, had a pretty, you know, Tennessee had a really good offense. Well, we thought Tennessee was going to have a really good offense. That's still debatable. But Tennessee's known for their offense, Josh Heupel and everything, and Florida pretty much shut them down. The key for uh, – Florida this week against Kentucky will be to slow that passing game down. Yes. Uh, what what did Florida do to slow Tennessee down on defense? Really what it comes down to is it comes down to the front seven. If you're getting pressure up front, it's really hard for the quarterback to make plays. And once the pressure is there, and that's – you look at uh, Coach Austin Armstrong, who's the uh, the new defensive coordinator for Florida. He's really big. Without without getting into into too much of the nitty gritty of the defensive setup, he's really big on pressures and simulated pressures, confusing the quarterback. Once you get the quarterback off kilter, for lack of a better phrase, you put him in a position where he cannot get the ball where it needs to go, and then on the back end, the corners and the safeties have been excellent for the most part at limiting the big plays. I know obviously against Utah there was some big pass there was a big pass play to start the game and then against Tennessee there was a big pass play. So Florida hasn't stopped every big pass play, but Florida has done enough to really make those big plays and I think it really comes down to stopping the run. Florida is a run first team on offense and they're a stop the run first team on defense so that's really what their bread and butter in terms of how they how they defend and kentucky really hasn't got a run game going this year uh they've got uh, ray davis a transfer from vanderbilt in he hasn't really got to clicking yet uh he's had a few plays where he's you know looked pretty good but 
his biggest play was a reception for a touchdown where he turned that into like a punt returns, what it looked like. Right. But they haven't really got the running game going. Uh, it would be nice to see them get the running game going, but like you said, they're trying to stop the run first on Florida. It would probably be really difficult. And the wide receivers for Kentucky, they're, we got some pretty good wide receivers. That'll be an interesting matchup between them and the, the defensive backs for Florida to see who, who gets the upper hand in that one. I think that'll be a key matchup in this game as well. Certainly. Yeah, Robinson uh, looks really good out of Kentucky. Yeah, you got Robinson, then Barry on Brown last year. Uh, he's returned to kickback this year, but he's the most explosive player. And then you've got Dane Key who can and go up and get a ball. Uh, last week he went up and he made a, a pretty good catch in the end zone. He did get a 15-yard penalty for patting the, the defensive back on the head. He, he probably shouldn't have done that, but they were they were trash-talking all day long. But we, we've got some guys out there that can that can play receiver pretty well. Yes. Uh, so switching back over to Florida's uh, offense here, run first uh, is what they like to do, and that starts with Trevor Etienne. Um, how has he been this season running the football? Yeah, Trevor's done an excellent job. He's made some big plays. He his uh, of course his big time play for the season thus far has been a 62 yard run against Tennessee. That really was the momentum switch in that game. But an underrated running back on the Gators is Montreal Johnson. He's the guy that came out of Louisiana, followed Billy Napier to Florida, and he's done an excellent job. He averages about 4.6 yards in the ground. But what he does that is underrated for the team is he's great in pass protection. And that is something that Billy Napier is really big on, obviously, He's certainly more of a run-first guy, but if you're running back and you're in the game and you're not running the ball, you're throwing the ball, you need a guy that can stop the pressure, that can stop that extra guy coming off the line of scrimmage. So Montreal Johnson has done a phenomenal job, and that's that's the thing that gets me excited about him. Certainly with, with, with ETN, he's an explosive player. Uh, probably other than maybe Eugene Wilson, I would say ETN is – the most explosive player on the Gators. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be exciting to watch. I know. I know. Obviously, for Kentucky, you don't you don't want to see him be super exciting in this particular matchup. But no. but certainly, just taking a step back and appreciating the game of football, he he definitely has a has a skill when the when the rock is in his hands. If he made some headlines right after the Utah game, not him particularly, but his brother uh, Travis. Uh, suggested that maybe he should transfer to go play for Coach Prime. And then I guess that picked up a little bit of steam. Is that just a rumor that's squashed, or is it still something behind it? Or Yeah, Trevor's a gator. You know, he's, he's a big-time believer in the program. He understands the process. You know, Billy Napier didn't – you know, Rome wasn't built in a night. Billy Napier came in last year, and it took four years at Louisiana for Billy Napier to win a championship there. And Billy Napier is looking for a similar time frame with Florida. So this is year two. Um, you know, I mean, we'd be pleasantly surprised if if Florida 
was competing for championships this year. It's probably not going to happen. But I saw that to say that Trevor understands the process. He understands that there's going to be growing pains. There, there, there's a, there, there's a, a time for everything. And, and Trevor knows what, what it takes to produce greatness. He's seen his brother and hopefully, you know, by, by this time next year or this time, two years from now, Trevor is, uh, in the running for the Heisman and he's, he's, he's showing off his stuff, but right now he's just trying to work hard and, and, and be the best uh, teammate he can be. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of what I said there is sort of for the Gator fandom. Um, but that's sort of what Billy Napier is trying to produce. And it, it really starts with the offensive line. It continues with the running back position and it continues with the quarterback position in terms of the offense. And that's what he's done with, ETN, what he's done with Graham Mertz, and then of course on the recruiting trail, we're, we're real excited about uh, Derek Lagway coming in from Texas. Uh, he's uh, the five-star quarterback that that Florida has looking uh, looking off for next year. Yeah, ETN's an explosive player, fun to watch. Uh, don't want to see him go off this Saturday, but you know. <laughs> that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, the. Uh, so we've talked about ETN, talked about Pearsall, talked about Graham Mertz. Is there anybody else on Florida's offense for to watch out for? I would certainly look out for. I mean, you mentioned uh, Ricky Pearsall. I I would also look out for Arliss Boardingham. He uh, he's definitely a guy that starting in spring camp really turned some heads. He scored a touchdown last week versus Charlotte. It was the only, the only touchdown of the game, and he's a guy that I would definitely look out for, especially in the Billy Napier offense. The tight ends are important, so he's somebody that that definitely should uh, should be um, viewed as a threat. Are are there any injuries for Florida going into this Saturday's game? A lot of the guys that, that we had out are, are going to be back. Um, Kingsley is back. Uh, Wilson is back. Off the top of my head, there there's no additional injuries that I can recall. Even some of the guys that were suspended uh, after the uh, debacle that took place at the end of the Tennessee game, they're, uh, they're all back as well. Yeah, it's good. Good to be healthy this early in the season, especially. Uh, you know, well, it's almost halfway through the season, and to have a lot of people healthy—that's that's a good sign. Uh, so, what do you think the biggest? What do you think the biggest? matchup is going to be for this Saturday's game between Florida and Kentucky. What do you think it'll come down to? That's an, in my mind, that's an easy, that's an easy answer. It's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. It's going to come down to Florida's offensive line versus Kentucky's defensive line. That's going to, that's going to be the, the biggest matchup. And that matchup is going to dictate the outcome of the football game. You've, uh, You've heard of Deion Walker for uh, Kentucky, the big nose tackle. Deion Walker is a difference maker. He's a disruptor, and uh, that's early earlier in the show. I, I had mentioned that Kingsley 
is by far the most important player in the field when it comes to this game. And, and uh, that's a big reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Deion Walker, he can, he doesn't get his name mentioned enough uh, during games, but he is a, he is a force out there. Uh, that would, you know, that's a pretty big matchup right there. Florida leads the all-time series against Kentucky 53-20. to Mark Stoops is 3-7 and against Florida, but has won the last two games. For the most part, during his tenure, the games have been competitive. I think this game can make or break UK's season. This is the first real test for Kentucky, for a team that hasn't looked real good on offense besides the first part of that Vandy game. How important of a game is this for Florida? I think it's a huge game. I think that if Florida can pull off this victory, then they should beat Vanderbilt. It'll 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 be a big time matchup with the South Carolina game. And if Florida goes into that, if Florida can beat Kentucky, can beat Vanderbilt, can beat South Carolina, they go into that Georgia game six and one, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. a six and one Florida team. While obviously they would still be a heavy underdog versus Georgia, that would still be a big matchup. That would be a marquee matchup. You, you're probably going to have SEC game day there. I mean, maybe even college game day there. Florida keeps rising in the rankings. Yep. That's uh, that's certainly big. But you know what? It's one game at a time. So, in my mind, the Kentucky game is a big game because it's the next game. Also, obviously, Florida has the. Um, the, all the momentum is with Kentucky. For for several years, Kentucky could not get that victory, and now we kind of feel like we're on the other side of that. Where though we've tried, Florida has not over the last two years gotten that dub versus Kentucky, and now we go back into Lexington, which is an even tougher place to play than in the swamp. Of course, being being the road environment for the Gators, so it, it's certainly a big matchup. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, for 31 straight times, Florida beat Kentucky. And since then, three of the last five times, Kentucky has beaten Florida. And going into this game, Kentucky has not beaten Florida three years in a row since the 50s. Yes. Kentucky Kentucky opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That has been bet down to one-point favorite. Do, do Florida fans feel disrespected with that line with Florida being ranked, or do they think it's about where it should be? Honestly, I would I would still keep the line in 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 the the Kentucky by three range. I mean, I know it's a I know it's a noon game. The home field environment would probably make a bigger difference if it was a night game. So that's certainly uh, a lucky spot for the Gators. The fact that it's not a night game. But Kentucky looks good. They they are producing on offense. They're they're producing explosive plays. Leary is a capable quarterback who has the skill set and the ceiling to make big plays. I certainly, in my mind, I think he's the best quarterback that Florida um, will face so far in the season. I think he's he's a formidable threat. Uh, so I I think the line makes sense. The fact that it's uh it's it's gone down, the fact that it's only Kentucky by one, I think that speaks volumes for the excitement on the Gator side. But still, you look at that Charlotte game, you kind of see a tale of two teams. Even that Tennessee game, 
you see a first half where Florida looks pretty good. They look like one of the best teams in the country. And then a second half where they play conservative and look like they're just trying to hold on to the rope. And, and uh, you know, they're praying to God that that uh, Tennessee doesn't come back and, and uh, you know, steal, steal victory from the, from, from the jaws of the Gators. So I, I, I kind of agree where the line's at. Yeah, with the line being bet down, I think that's more of a, you know, traditional thing. Florida, I don't, I can't remember the last time Kentucky has ever been favored over Florida in football. Florida, they had a big win this year against Tennessee, and who's Kentucky played? They haven't proven themselves yet, so we're gonna put the money on the Gators. That's what I think has went with that, but you know, uh, well. There's the question. Who do you like in this matchup? <laughs> Man, I've been going back and forth all day on this. I've gone through the numbers. If you follow the the In All Kinds of Weather forecast podcast, that is the, the podcast that I get to be a part of with Neil Schulman and Chris Yanes. Something I do is, is I actually have a, uh, a proprietary model that runs the numbers and and spits out a, a score for every Florida game. It actually works for every game in college football. And I'm not going to share that particular score. I'm going to share the score that is on my mind. I'm actually going to pick Florida in this. I think it's going to be very close. And I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end of the game with our uh, our, our newly found kicker, Trey Smack. Um, I say that in jest because he's been on the roster uh, since the beginning of the Billy Napier era. Um, but we, uh, we we finally made the switch to him in this this recent game, and he, he, he kicked five field goals. So I'm picking Florida by the score of 23-21. I think the first team to score above 21 points wins the game. And, you know, I would not be surprised if Kentucky wins the game 27-20. You know, I, w- I would not be surprised either way, but right now I'm going to have to go with the Gators on this one by a score of 23 to 21. Understandable. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Kentucky uh, 27 to 24. I agree with you. It's going to come down to a field goal, but I think it's going to be Kentucky with the field goal. If I'm not mistaken, did, did Florida's field goal kicker last week kick like a 54-yarder? Yes, he did, and, and it probably would have been good from 60. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good leg for a college kicker right there. Uh, you Certainly. said he'd been on. Yeah, you just say that he just now became the kicker this year, but has been with the team since last year. Yes, yeah, he's been kind of in, waiting in the wings, and uh, he finally got his opportunity. And he's he's certainly a tactician when it comes to kicking the ball. And I'm I'm excited that that he finally got his opportunity. I know a lot of a lot of fans. Uh, really support him and with a name like Trey Smack uh it's uh, it's pretty interesting seeing him get out there and and, and, and smack the ball uh smack through the, the uprights <laughs> nice well uh Dustin uh, if you have anything else to add uh you can right here uh you could tell us where we can find you and your work absolutely well well Brent it's been a pleasure I'm I'm uh, I'm honored that, that you would bring me on to to chop it up and, and and talk about the Gators. You can find me on the in all kinds of weather forecast. 
You can find me on Twitter specifically at I-A-K-O-W Dustin. You can also follow in all kinds of weather on Twitter. My buddy Neil Schulman is the uh, the creator, the guy that, that runs the website, the podcast. Great guy. You can follow him at all kinds weather. And we're, uh, we're excited to put out content, and we're excited for this game. And, and like I said before, man, it's going to be a big-time college football matchup. It's anybody's game. ESPN FPI is given Kentucky a 52% chance to win, and that's understandably so with, with it being at home for the, for the Wildcats. So it's, uh, it's certainly exciting. It, it almost feels like uh, we're coming into one of those, um, those late February Kentucky-Florida basketball matchups. <laughs> it is. I'm looking forward to it Saturday. Uh, I, I like the early games personally because after the games are over with, if Kentucky gets the win – I kind of just sit back and watch the rest of college football, you know, with no worries. Yep. But if they, if they lose, it's kind of put me in a bad mood the rest of the day. But it is what it is. Excited for the game. Can't wait for it. Uh, thank you, Dustin, for taking the time and coming on the, on the podcast this week to talk a little Florida, Kentucky. And uh, we'll see you later, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's great. My thanks to Dustin Smith from the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at I-A-K-O-W Dustin. Appreciate him taking the time to come on here and talk a little UK Florida football for this Saturday. Uh, Go check them out. Check out their podcast. And appreciate him taking the time. And we'll see you all in the next one. Later.